We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I was like at a nightclub with um, some of my friends for one of my friend's birthdays. And this guy, like, this was just my MO. I would just be like, hey, do you want to make out with me? (laughs) I always said yes, yeah. So I like, I was like, hey, do you want to make out? (laughs) And he was like, yeah. (laughs) And I like made out with this guy. But he was like, me and my friends did PCP before we went to the club. Yeah. And then I was like, what is PCP? And then later on, I looked up PCP and just like, read like fucking horror stories about pcp and i was like i'm lucky this man didn't try and fucking murder me Welcome to the Holy Hour. I'm Amelia Sampson. And I'm Liz Ball. I said my name well that week. Yeah. That week. This This week. week. (laughs) I'm going to warn everybody listening, I'm having a hard time with words today. I'm going to be tripping over my words a lot. Oh, welcome to Mass. I feel like I'm like... I forgot to say welcome to Mass. Yeah, welcome to Mass. I'm really not doing well today. (laughs) I feel like, yeah, maybe like your thoughts are kind of like strung out and then I... I've kind of been feeling like that earlier this week. I feel like I'm just like, I have like a lazy tongue today. I'm yeah. Like, I feel like my thoughts are ahead of my words right now. It's mm. like every time I'm saying something, I'm already on to the next thought. So I'm like, that's Adderall. <laughs> Let's get the job done. How much can we talk about right now? <laughs> okay. I have a question for you. Yes. Well, it's not, okay. So it's not really like anything new. I feel like we've kind of touched on it, but I've never like asked you direct. Like what is your biggest pet peeve? when after you have sex with a guy oh that is a really good question what's the one thing that they do that would like that really pisses you off like if i didn't orgasm and then they just like lay there that's fine you can totally like be a husk of a person and not be thinking but like fuck like cuddle me or something like right (laughs) like play with my hair or whatever like can we have like a little like regroup to so i know that you oh you know what this valued yeah (laughs) Yeah. okay so this brings i'm this makes me think about um so i sent amelia this tiktok of this woman explaining like um masculine sex is like goal oriented sex and the goal is to or to orgasm and then um feminine oriented sex is the goal is a connection but I mean I like strongly disagree with that I don't think that we should categorize it by gender gender yeah um so I but that like is kind of like what Amelia and I had been talking about was it last week yeah it was yeah of just like goal-oriented sex versus uh which would be like fucking Mm -hmm. versus like having sex for the connection yeah so I love that way of categorizing it yeah so I guess I I really hate when it's um goal-oriented sex and there's no like I think you know everybody wants to climax but if like we're not if we're having sex and it's not because like we have a connection like I need I need again aftercare (laughs) right so I think like yeah the the biggest pet peeve is just like well he came, so we're done now. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, fuck, I guess I'll 
masturbate when you fall asleep. Yes. <laughs> right. Or I'll, I'll go into the bathroom. I'm taking I'm taking a shit. <laughs> That's what I'm doing in here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Actually, just trying to make so myself calm. So I'm going to leave. <laughs> yeah. Unless you have an electric toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. Can you point me in the direction of the nearest electric toothbrush? Uh, yeah, no, I agree. That's definitely my number one pet peeve. Like, especially if it's somebody that I haven't had sex with often. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Because it's, I don't want to feel like, I've said this a lot, but like, I don't want to feel like disposable after. Yeah, absolutely. No matter what. Even if I'm just there to hook up. Like, I don't know. Like, pretend to care. Yes. <laughs> it's such an intimate thing to be doing. And then, like, to not feel valued afterwards, to, like you said, like, just be a vessel. Yeah, right. Like, you, like, I am just an object of your goal-oriented sex. Mm-hmm. And I was not, I didn't sign up for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not having sex for you. I want to obviously make them feel good. Yeah. Duh. Like, I want it to be enjoyable for both of us, but, like, your orgasm is not the only important thing to me here. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely think, like... But, yeah, no, it's, that's 100% my pet peeve. It's just, like, when they're just, like, I came congratulate me that was like dishwasher that was like my sex with dishwasher it was like Ugh. he like got up cleaned himself off and was like oh, i'm so tired now that was like sad dry hand job too he was yeah. like now that i've come he's like this is awkward because you seem really awake and i'm tired so i'm gonna go home i'm like i'm awake because i have not had- i'm frisky <laughs> yeah like i'm my adrenaline's going because you didn't touch me once <laughs> oh my god so yeah no that's that's definitely it but like I, I don't know. It's it's really interesting to talk because I've talked to a few people who um, have never orgasmed from sex. A few women. Um, and their idea of what makes successful sex varies from person to person because even they will be like, oh, I feel like it wasn't successful if I didn't come. But it's like, then that, they always have that on them. I honestly really enjoy having like a little like... Debrief. Um, yeah, exactly. A postmortem. <laughs> <laughs> of sex. Yeah. I, I honestly really do like talking about it after of like, oh, what was your like favorite part of like this session? Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I like it. I also like hearing, I think it's um like, I know what my experience was like. So I want to hear, like, I want to experience it through their yeah. eyes as well. Yeah. So I like hearing about it. Like, um, and I, I also like sharing, mm-hmm. like, Oh, I thought it was really hot when you did this. Yeah. And That's then, interesting. I've never done that with sex. I do that with, yeah. like, reminiscing on, like, our first date. Like, I love doing that kind I of I love shit. that, too. Because it's just, like, I, from, like, a human experience standpoint, I want to understand, like, how I come off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just, like, I'm, like, studying up for, like, <laughs> future me. Um, but I just love doing that kind of reminiscing. I've never done it with sex. It's, I honestly really enjoy it. Just, <laughs> like, telling the, telling my partner, like, descriptively like what I enjoyed yeah about having sex with them and then like you know I want to hear the same yeah kind of like experience or like yeah just hear what they had to say about the experience I should try that and and I mean who doesn't like obviously I love sharing but like who doesn't like hearing about oh I want compliments no matter what exactly how like Tinkerbell stays alive with applause and I stay alive with compliments (laughs) that's all I need (laughs) Um, I was talking to, well, I was, I wasn't talking, I've talked to a lot of people about this, but, um, I was thinking earlier today about how, like, I have in my mind that, like, sex feels like the best thing in the entire world to guys, and I know that it does, like, they obviously, like, met people with penises (laughs) love how sex feels, but then whenever I ask the question that I asked you a while back about um like what would you do if, if you were a guy for a day and i've asked men that men's answers are always like i, I just want to know what sex feels like for women because like it seems like the best thing in the world like you guys like seem like you just love it so much and i'm like we like what is your there's no does it feel better for us than it does because i know that clits are like there's like so much yeah so many a lot nerve, of nerve endings, endings but like i don't think like it's not like it's like an astronomically better experience for people with vaginas i don't think but now i'm thinking i'm like what well now i want to know what it feels like to have sex with a dick because like what like i was always under the assumption well if we go back to like a few episodes ago like the orgasm gap is insane like that's just accepted that women like don't come 
Right. So then where's this idea coming from that it's like feels like better, better than it does for people with penises? I don't know. I don't understand. But anyway, I just thought that was interesting because I've heard this mm-hmm. a few times now. Like, I just want to know because, like, you guys seem to, like, it feels like, it looks like it feels insane. And it's like, like, it feels good. If they're going down on you, they don't have to, like, put an entire thing in their mouth <laughs> to the back of their throat. Do you deep throat? Mm-hmm. Queen shit. <laughs> I can't. My gag reflex is too strong. Oh, I definitely gag. But I gag, like, when I'm brushing my teeth. My gag <laughs> reflex is ridiculous. I give really good head. Like, I feel very, co- like, comfortable with Confident my... Confident in your head game? Yeah. My head game is prestigious. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I can't deep throat. Like, I, I ugh, like the thought of it is making me want to gag. <laughs> oh, I can't do it. I, I want to gag. I want to choke. <laughs> it's my life anthem. I love her so much. I also like when they say macaroni in the pot. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so the first time I heard that, that song... I watched the music video, and they censor it in the music video, so I didn't know it was wet-ass pussy. They were saying wet and gushy. Oh, Yeah, what? and so that line with the macaroni in the pot comes, and I'm like, that is the grossest way to describe yeah, macaroni. Absolutely. Wet and gushy. Like, but the ugh. macaroni in the pot thing? That okay, sounds- I was thinking about that guy. <laughs> it's that famous vine where, like, his mom is stirring the macaroni, and then he's like, that's what good pussy sounds like. <laughs> yes. And, like, that iconic moment, <laughs> making a reference, like, in a song. Yeah. I know I know it's, like, kind of maybe, like, this universal understanding, but I feel like that vine is, like, something that m- helped make it, like, a even thing. more widely, <laughs> like, thought of and understood. And She's going to get just, sued like, by that guy. I-, I wonder if he's, like, it, it, it was me. I'm the macaroni in the pot for the wet and gushy. That's that was me. me. You might recognize me from WAP. That's what good pussy sounds like. Is it WAP or is it WAP? WAP. It's WAP. I say WAP. 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 I just feel so, like, Midwestern well, white. Well, because there's already that song called the WAP. That's true. But then I'm thinking, because she wop. says WAP. Oh, yeah. WAP, 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 That's also a bop. <laughs> that WAP is a bop. Is a bop. <laughs> Bop that wop. Bop, bop, bop. Bop that wop. <laughs> I like it. Have you, speaking of bopping wop. Oh, God. I have no idea what you're about to ask me. Have you ever had a guy, like, <laughs> spank your vagina? <laughs> nope. <laughs> On purpose? Yeah. <laughs> Does it feel good? Yes. <laughs> no. I didn't think I would like it until it happened to me. Like a light tap. No. Whoa. Mm-hmm. No. Uh-uh. No. But there is a certain part of, like, my ass that is spanked that, like, sends a ripple effect mm-hmm. <laughs> up to the badge. And, like, that's great. I've never had anybody just, like, full, like, <laughs> <laughs> my vagina. <laughs> Ow. I feel like it's a little more. It's not as hard. It's kind of like an upward motion. It depends on... Your angle. Yeah. Interesting. Because it has to be if I'm, like, on my stomach. I know, but, like, I don't even, like... Oh, I guess, you know what? Actually, now that you're saying that, like, I've seen that in in porn Mm -hmm. a few times. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, because I... So when I would see it in porn, I was like, that does not seem like a good time. Yeah. And then it happened to me. And then I was like... This is a very good time. This is the best time I've ever <laughs> I was had. Wrong. Yeah, this is the best time. It's and it's to me it's really interesting like the I don't know. When I when I'm watching porn, I'm just like I don't think I'd like that. But then like it, it's happened to me so many times where I've like watched something I'm like, "Oh, I'm not I'm not into this." And yeah. then like if it happens, I'm like, "Holy shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I really like this." Uh-huh. So I don't know. It's kind of like how I feel about, like, podcasts. Like, I don't listen to podcasts that are, like, ours. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I don't watch porn that is, like, the sex I have. Right. That makes sense. It's so weird. I hadn't thought about that before. I, I've noticed. So, like, I'll search, like, Snapchat porn because the idea of, like, voyeurism is really hot to me oh, for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Or, like... It was, like, it was so 
like the sex was so good like you started recording it and you wanted to like share it with people or something mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that like that's so true i love like yeah. cell phone footage yes hey, sh- yeah we'll get to that point soon can you <laughs> he's like but what is the it one thing. she fell in the well <laughs> oh, show us oh he just wants love I give him so much attention. That's why he wants more. He's like, listen, you give this to me all the time and I I want it at this moment. Yeah. My boyfriend was like, I think that you should like stop acknowledging him when he teach him. He's like, this isn't working. But then he's going to start acting out in worse ways to get attention. It'll, he goes through phases right now. He's just in like a whiny phase. Um, so one of my friends DM'd me and she asked if we could talk about therapy on the podcast. And I think that's a great idea because both Amelia and I like are in therapy and have had yeah, we're big advocates for it and for mental health. And um yeah, I think it's worth talking about because I think we probably have a lot of listeners who are also in therapy or are interested in exploring going to therapy mm-hmm. and um everyone has a different kind of experience yeah so yeah so what my friend dm'd me was um because i was like what specifically like would you want to hear about and she said like how you prepare for sessions um because like she tries to prepare and fails and like if there's a method and then like how often we go and how we found the best therapist for us it makes you feel like you can like do fucking anything when you can like Mm -hmm. get your mental health under control or you know that's like such a spectrum but like when you can kind of get get your thing like finger on what's going on a little bit it is the most empowering feeling it's like intoxicating yeah yeah I think a lot of people are afraid Mm -hmm. to go to therapy um and it's because it's scary to like confront these feelings that you know are inevitably there that you're like you're going to have to deal with them yeah and when you develop coping mechanisms around it that aren't necessarily healthy it's like well i've had it under control for this long so like why the fuck do i need to go to therapy yeah and now you got no. and then you have to like break down your coping mechanisms especially if they're unhealthy and it's just it is a lot of work but like like you said like it is really gratifying, it's so gratifying. i the first i would say like the first like nine months I was in therapy it was constantly work like it was really nice when I had like those revelations I loved those I love I loved the really hard uh, appointments that we had mm-hmm. um and the, I feel like the hardest ones are the ones you don't expect <laughs> to yes. go- become really hard mm-hmm. uh and it like I would just be so drained I would need to take the rest of the day to myself because I like had so many feelings I needed to sit with. What were you looking for when you were, like, looking for a therapist? Yeah, that's a good question. I base it off of their pictures, which is... the. I think maybe it's good if we address this. Like, how did you find a therapist for you? Yeah, totally. And that sounds bad, like, you base it off the pictures, but, like, I did the same exact thing, and I picked a young therapist because I didn't want to feel, like, um, intimidated. Mm -hmm. I wanted to feel like I was talking to someone who looks like they could be my friend yeah so um and like for this to be like I did kind of see a therapist a hand I saw a therapist like a couple of times in college like I didn't feel like I could really like open up to her because it just felt like I was talking to like one of my mom's friends or something Mm. she was great it just like I could not get comfortable yeah and I also was ashamed to be there it's a personal battle getting used to the idea mm-hmm. of of taking your own mental health into your own hands. And I and I struggled with that a lot when I like this new therapist, not she's not new anymore. It's been 3 years now. But like my most recent therapist, like I everybody was telling me to go to therapy. Like I was so depressed. Like my my mom was like please please <laughs> please go to a therapist. I'm worried. And like all my friends were like maybe maybe go back to therapy. And I'm like nope. Nope. Mm-mm. And then it got to the point, um, my, my best friend, Katie was like, you, she, she, all she had to say, she was like, you don't need to be feeling like this. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you're right. I don't. And like, for whatever reason that like triggered it, triggered it for me. I was like, no, you're, you're right. Like I, I don't need to be feeling like this. Like I have, I have the opportunity and the privilege to go and talk to somebody. And so, um, Katie, Katie works in, in mental health care. And so I sent her all of the therapists in my network for my insurance and she 
gave me a top three and number one was who my therapist is now and I was lucky that I didn't have to build rapport with a bunch of different therapists like it just yeah. stuck for me and how and how I decided that she was the right one for me was on her picture and opposite from you like I didn't want to talk to somebody that was my age or close to my age like I wanted to talk to somebody that like I didn't I think that I struggle with and I always have because I was bullied for so long in middle school like sixth grade through ninth grade basically that like I always struggle with feeling judged by people my age still today even though I'm I'm much more confident than I was back then I still have these like little like things so I was like we all have little things (laughs) yeah right as we've been saying but I was like I want to talk to like an adult yeah (laughs) and so even though I'm an adult but I still don't consider myself an adult I mean I do think that's really interesting because like um you have such a close and like important and reliable relationship with your parents yes mm-hmm. that you can always go to them so it's it's so interesting to see how like these kind of like little like micro ideas in our heads of like I know I'll feel more comfortable talking to someone who is maybe around my parents age because yes. I would always go to my parents when I like when uh, I was bullied or something like that yes. and then for me it's like I keep so much of my life away from my parents yeah um and like I'm so an open book with you know anyone I'm friends with yes yeah uh, as we clearly <laughs> yeah um so then like me seeking out someone who I'm like um yeah maybe like I want to talk to someone who looks like would be one of my friends yes yeah it's it's so interesting to see like the difference and therapists know that like yeah. they, how they how they position their what they look like in their pictures there's a science to it like yeah. I have some friends that are studying I like that be, you and I were conscious of these decisions too. I know of course we were I, I knew I was like you know what I don't want to talk to someone who I feel like will intimidate me so I'm going to pick someone who like looks like really approachable and like someone who is I'm friends with and this this has all had to shift over time like now mm-hmm. th- there are classes in PhD programs where you learn about your online presence like making sure SEO is right because if like you are like show up as like you were a stripper in the past like more power to you but like people might see that and be like I don't want to go to her you know because people have like these ideas they there are automatic responses to certain things that people see online Mm -hmm. and that can make or break when people decide to go to you and so like they have to work my therapist you cannot her social media presence is so buttoned up like oh so is mine her Facebook has a picture of her family and her headshot and that's all that's public and like that's probably when I saw the picture of her family I'm like oh I'm getting a window yeah into even that is like pretty ballsy and that was 100% by design for her yeah. and she has pictures of her kids that are like facing out in her on her desk so like people can see them and like me being like over analytical of everything I'm like this was all <laughs> planned out everything in here she probably looks at like how we choose like where to sit on the couches or like our energy when we come in like so when I see stuff like online presence, I'm like, they pay yeah. such close attention to everything yep. going on here. But I've always been, I've always gone to adult therapists. Like, yeah. my Amelia's you're using air quotes. I'm always adult. using air quotes. Usually <laughs> when I slow down my words, it's because I have air quotes. <laughs> air quotes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I... Finding a therapist is so, there's so much that goes into it. There's so much So, that goes I into mean, it. yeah, obviously basing it off of... Looks Look is not is, the only way to isn't do it. Ideal, but also like, um, I think that what each person needs is so vastly different. Like my therapist is really rigid, mm. um, but I like that. Like I am not trying to get her approval on anything. Yeah. So I like that she's totally at an arm's length for me. Like I don't need her approval. Like, um, and she's also super like logical and analytical. So like. I came to her from a very, like, emotional and reactive place. Like, my emotions dictated and controlled everything I did. Mm -hmm. Um, There was no, like, I'm going to sit with my feelings and think about them. It was just, like, this is what I'm feeling, so I'm going to act on this feeling. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I, yeah, there was no thought to it. And she is, she like, the way she, um, she does, like, a lot of CBT, so I love CBT so yeah, very much. Um, it's what is it? Cognitive behavioral therapy. Yep. So, um, I don't really know how to describe CBT. CBT. 
I'll t- I'll take the wheel on this. <laughs> oh, I also want to use this opportunity to talk about Wobot. There is this app called Wobot, W-O-E-B-O-T. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that this, this thing actually saved my life one night. Like, I was having the absolute... I, I've never had a panic attack where I felt like I, I needed to get out of my skin. Like, I've never experienced that before. And um, I called a, a self-harm helpline that night because I was worried that I was going to hurt myself. And they suggested Wobot. That was one of their suggestions. And what Wobot does is they use CBT, which helps you in the simplest of terms. And I, I recommend Googling this. <laughs> like, it's... Googling s- CBT? Yes. Yeah. And Wobot. <laughs> but CBT specifically, because there's so many facets to it, and it's remarkable. But in the most simplest of terms, CBT helps you remove all of the like extreme thinking of thoughts and helps you rewrite them in logical ways of what's actually happening. So for example, like this person isn't talking to me because they hate me and they wish that I would die. Mm-hmm. And what Wobot helps you do and what it uses CBT to do is help you untangle that and look at it as like, this person isn't talking to me because they're busy. They'll get back to me later. Like it helps you like kind of put it through a funnel and just like take out all the stuff that you actually can use to be more productive in your thinking. There's like black and white thinking, um, like catastrophic thinking. There's a bunch of different things that go into this. And Wobot teaches you all of those ways that anxiety makes you anxiety and depression make you think about things too extreme um and it puts labels on it and there is something so freeing about getting wobot and putting labels on what i was experiencing i'm like uh (laughs) i'm using end of the world thinking right now like there's actually a word for what i'm doing and other people do this and so this thought that i'm having is not actually as bad as it feels like it is yeah it's amazing and my therapist does not use cbt she doesn't she doesn't practice it um so it was new to me but your therapist uses it so oh yeah does she how does she does she like ask you questions so you can get there oh my god yeah my therapist i always think of it as like you know she is like i'm a mouse and she's trying to like make me find the cheese (laughs) like she's not she's not like helping me she's she's just asking me the questions to make me get to the the answer myself Mm -hmm. and um it was pretty hard at first well and sometimes I would just I would just be staring at her and I'd just be like I don't know yeah (laughs) like I I don't know yeah (laughs) and then she would you know she would kind of like smile because she was like okay like this is what you're going through like this is where this is stemming from Mm -hmm. and then I'm like oh my god yeah 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 (laughs) blows my mind but yeah once like the hardest thing for me to accept was just like um, my childhood trauma because like I love my parents so much and I think that they're like amazing people so it's always hard to like accept like oh yep our parents all traumatize us a little bit obviously it's not on purpose (laughs) like being a parent is the hardest job in the world absolutely when like I said being a good parent is even harder yeah so yeah, I'd say for them, like, they're pretty good parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, you're never going to be a perfect parent, no, no matter what you do. So, so real. Um, and that's, like, no one's going to be a perfect anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, so accepting that, like, mm-hmm. oh, this is, this is childhood drama. <laughs> right, yeah. Is always really hard. It's so hard, but it is so... Yeah, once you are aware... Liberating. Yes. It's remarkable. That I think is like... I mean, I could go on and on about therapy and honestly trying to walk through my... What now? 19, 18 years of therapy experience. 19. Um, It would take 70 episodes. And this is not the last time we're going to talk about it. No, we're we're always going to... Therapy is always going to come up in our conversations. It's always like the the underlying thing. I... So when I originally... I guess I didn't realize that we like casually... Well, casually like sprinkle in like... In every episode. Therapy. Yeah. My therapist. And then keep going. But I guess I didn't really think about like some of our listeners like might be more interested in like hearing a little bit more about therapy. And our own experiences with therapy and and how you experience therapy is going to differ from person to person. So like just a little disclaimer. This is just our experience with therapy. Exactly. But I will say like... When I first started going to therapy, like I said, it was for the phobias and my severe anxiety as a child. 
Um, but then what it's turned into now, and like when I went three years ago um, for the first time again with this therapist that I have now, it was for a different purpose than what I go for now. Like mm-hmm. back then it was like to try to work through like all of this like adulthood stuff that I was going through of just like, who am I? Like, what do I want out of life? Why am I treating certain people in my life this way? Or why am I making the decisions that I'm making? And then I, I went through a breakup and like having her understand so much about myself that I don't know because she's been looking at me through a professional lens mm-hmm. was like a vehicle for my healing and I'm still healing and and healing is always it's a process it's a yeah. very long process but like having her be like listen like you are you have you make decisions based on all of this shit that we've talked about in the past and having somebody to be able to like help the best the best visualization of of um, therapy that I saw was like somebody it was like the outline of a head and it was like like yarn oh, all like oh yarn just like all like, like bundled up <laughs> it was like all knotted up and then like somebody was just like pulling it out and it was coming out untangled and yes. that's what it is it's like they're that's not exactly what it is they're not making you feel anything that you aren't capable of doing it, yourself like they're, they're just, just revealing it they're revealing it and they're untangling it and mm-hmm. like i i feel like i'm never going to feel satisfied with how i talk about therapy because i fucking love therapy so much yeah it's so hard to put into words like what it does for you and it does something different for every person (sighs) it's okay all right i'll just ask you okay so how do you prepare for a therapy appointment um it's it's changed over the years because for a while I thought that the thing to do was like go to therapy and talk about exactly how you're feeling in the moment but then I, I realized that like I would be having a really hard time on Sunday and I'd be like thank god I have therapy on Tuesday and then like I would like feel better by Tuesday which was just me suppressing how I was feeling and so I would go and I'd be like yeah I was really sad on Sunday but like I don't know I'm like fine now and then I wouldn't ever work through anything So now I've started, like, making notes of, like, exactly how I'm feeling in the moment, which for a while I was wary of doing because it was, like, if I'm feeling better, I don't want to, like, have to, like, go back to this note in my phone. Like, I would realize, like, if I had, like, long, difficult text messages typed out in my notes section, if I would open up my notes section and see that note from, like, a week ago, it would trigger me into feeling sad again. So I was, like, I don't want the notes of what I feel like I need to talk about in therapy to be on my phone. But that's important to pay attention to because then it's like, why is it so triggering to see these things in my phone? Mm-hmm. Clearly, I have to work through it. So yeah. I started making notes of things that I needed to talk about in therapy. And if I brought it up and I was like, but this doesn't really bug me anymore. She would like still <laughs> make mental notes. Nothing gets by my therapist. I had to get I had to get past that because I was like, <laughs> she's going to remember everything that I tell her. So like she she would bring things up that I had said in passing like two years ago and I'm like (laughs) holy shit you're really listening so whenever I bring up like I was sad about this but like I think I'm okay now she would like internalize that and then like if I would bring up something related she'd be like yeah you said that three weeks ago like clearly we need to talk about it so let's talk about it so in that sense even writing it down even if I feel like I'm not going to need to talk about it in the moment but yeah no I think just like being able to write down how you're feeling in the moment it's like journaling it's like being able to look back on your journal entries and seeing what progress you've made absolutely just good to write down how you're feeling when I first started going to therapy I I was journaling constantly Mm -hmm. And um, I think journaling is a huge part of, like, healing and learning um, and changing. Mm -hmm. Because, like, if I was feeling any kind of way, like, if I had a good day or a bad day or whatever, I would journal about it. Because also I, I understood, like, the transitions that were happening in my life, even just with, like, moving to a new city and... Um, not knowing anyone and like starting this new job I was going through a ton of life changes and I wanted to document it and Mm -hmm. remember it and then when I started going to therapy um, I would write about whatever like I was trying to process that I had like taken away from that um, that meeting that we had and then like months later I could go back and reflect on like this is what I was thinking and feeling when I was processing this and like your the way you process things over time changes Mm -hmm. and 
and um, like reading how I was feeling or thinking at that time and being able to like put some logic to it like down the line was just really satisfying just you can really recognize your own growth absolutely and it feels amazing Mm -hmm. so like um yeah if if you recognize like once you are at your therapy appointment and you don't know what to talk about like during the week whatever feelings come up for you like making notes of them can be super beneficial yeah um now I don't make notes of things like I can be like, oh, I had a big moment this week that I, I want to reflect on with my therapist. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes there's that. Um, and I don't get something out of my appointment every single time. Yeah. But, like, this week I was not expecting to, like, really have – be so emotional. Um, and I feel like those are always the weeks that sneak up on me. It's just, like, you're like, I'm fine. I had a great week. Yeah. <laughs> and then – suddenly you're crying yeah your brain's like psych <laughs> yeah your brain she it's all it takes is like the right question and then you have like a total melt oh <laughs> my god yes yeah so like I've had a lot of experiences in therapy where I feel like I leave and it's not productive and like I think that's something that people have to push past in yeah. therapy because like people will do that and they'll be like it, it's not good for me and it's like no like it probably is and it just wasn't a productive session like there's nothing yeah. wrong with that but it is those days when you're least expecting it yeah some days I'll go in and be like I'm okay this week and I'll end up sobbing the entire time yeah and that's, that's how always, I felt this week it's always when the best work Psych. is done for me at least yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Even when Amelia first came over, I started crying again talking about, <laughs> talking about my therapy. I walled up a few times while recording. Drudging up emotions is tough. Mm-hmm. It's hard because like we were, we were saying, like it's nobody likes to feel. Yeah, no one wants emotions. to be sad. But it's really interesting because like people will make, and we've said this last week, people will make jokes about like how similar Liz and I are. We're like morphing into each other. But just like this is a perfect example of like everybody's therapy experiences are different from everybody else's. Yeah. And like you and I have had entirely different experiences in therapy and they've both been positive, but like they've, they're so different. And yeah. so like, I don't know, it's, it's, I think a lot of people that haven't had an opportunity to be exposed to therapy or have been afraid to go have this idea in their mind of what it is and it's wrong. I'm just going to tell you now, <laughs> it, you're wrong about yeah. what you think it's going to be because like everybody is. There's no way to know how you're going to react in therapy. There are so many people that I wish would go to therapy because it's just like, I want everyone, first, I want everyone to go to therapy. I think that it yeah. is such an amazing thing, even if you feel healthy. Yeah. It, if you think you're okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't know. Everybody I'm sure, has something to I'm work sure you are okay. Right. I'm, I'm sure glad you're, that you're okay. Yeah. I feel okay a lot of the time. But I'm sure you also have some shit that you want to work through. And even if you, in a perfect world, you don't. Yeah. Like, let's say you don't have anything to work I refuse through. to believe that's the possible. But I say that to say, like, even if you feel like everything in your life is perfect and you've never had any trials or tribulations, just going from, to the opposite end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm you could still benefit from therapy in just working through everyday stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. stuff that everybody goes through. Like, I hate my job. I feel like I'm stuck in this rut. Things that people think of as, like, quote, surface-level shit, like, isn't. And, like, that's a lot of what therapy can do for people that maybe don't have things, like, deep-rooted stuff that they have to work through. It's It could be – there's a benefit for everybody. I I fucking love therapy. Me too. It has been – so good for so many people in my life that I'm just like it is tried and true and I will not stop isn't it insane to see like your transformation in therapy and how it affects like different relationships in your life oh yeah like a lot of what I'm feeling personally is like when I put it out into the open it's like I am the master of this my brain isn't (laughs) even though I am my brain it's like I am going to actively work through this. I'm not going to let it fester in my head. And so I realized when people come to me about things, like, they just need to get it out and be like, I'm feeling this way and, like, I just need somebody to know. I'm like, you are allowed to feel that way. Like, now what? And it kind of, like, then they can put it back into their brain and be like, okay, it's out there. (laughs) And, like, I'm I'm taking control over it. And so, like, in that sense, I think people do gravitate toward me to talk about things. Yeah. The problem Um, I've noticed, like, if a friend or someone does that with me, I'm worried that, you know, I don't, I, like, I'm not capable of being another person's therapist, you no. know? 
like even though I'm able to understand and process emotions and like apply logic to them, mm-hmm. like I am not trained to be a therapist. Right, your friends. Nor are, do I want to be. You can't. But my worry is just like they think that like telling me is enough. Yeah, that's such an important distinction. You can yeah. talk to your. It's so important to have people you can talk to about. Yeah, have life. friends that you can rely it's on to not, understand you. It is not a replacement for therapy. Yeah, it's not going to fix whatever you're going through. Just telling so someone. Important. And this is something that like one of our friends brings up all the time. If you talk about something, it gives you the validation as if you've already done it. Mm-hmm. And that so, is not the case. No. <laughs> if you're like, yeah, I'm gonna work out later, it gives you the validation of like that you've already worked out Mm -hmm. and then you're like if you change your mind you're like never mind like like, you still walked away with the validation of like yeah I I was planning on working out later yeah I told everyone I was gonna work out later Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I mean I think that being able to talk to your friends is such a nice first step before therapy because it's Mm -hmm. like okay I'm recognizing I'm putting this out there and I'm recognizing how much better it feels to get it out and be able to talk about it with someone but like (laughs) your friends are not (laughs) They're not Even if your friend is a therapist, like, they're not going to be able to be your therapist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so important to be able to have um, You need to have the separation. Yeah. Yeah. A a professional is going to help you the way that you're hoping your friends will. Yep. Yeah. And I feel like my friendships have become better because I'm in therapy. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not turning to them to, like, fix and validate whatever I'm going through. Yes. So I can have... These beautiful, amazing friendships apart from, like, my internal journey with mm-hmm. therapy. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm trying to... Well, the, we're circling back to the question of just, like, how do you prepare for it? And yeah. it, it really is just, like, you can try and prepare for it. You know, make notes throughout the week of, like, what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And maybe even make it, like, a full journal entry if it's something yeah. that's really weighing on you. Because the reflection is also incredibly rewarding. Oh my god, yes. Down the line. Um, but just making notes of, like, what triggered you into feeling whatever feeling, like, if it's anger or sadness or grief or even something that you're like, oh my god, I'm so happy about this because, like, this person validated my, how I was feeling or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's, I think that's a good way to prepare. But then also it's, like, sometimes when you're not prepared is when like you get the most out of out of a a meeting yeah because like yeah or an appointment because I've had a handful of experiences like quite a few where I've gone in where I'm just like yeah I had a great week because you can have a great week but like that's not going to change your childhood trauma Mm -hmm. (laughs) so just like you know kind of um, talking about whatever happened in your week or something will start to bring things up. But then also, yeah. I think that is a huge reflection of your therapist. Is like totally if they're gonna be like, you. so mm-hmm. you said this thing, let's unravel yeah, it. Absolutely, a good therapist will be able to point things yeah. out like that. But also, like test drive ways that you can prepare. Like maybe mm-hmm. take notes once, and then the next time maybe you don't, and you see what works best. Yeah, for you. Or totally like, experiment. Yeah, and then also don't go in with the expectation that you're gonna get something from it every single time. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like I said, like, earlier today when my boyfriend was dropping me off, I was like, maybe I'll uh, switch to every other week because I don't feel like I'm, like, getting as much out of it. And then, like, I had my appointment, like, ten minutes later. <laughs> and <laughs> just cry- I started crying about five minutes in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you really never know. Like, um, I think, yeah, maybe not having any expectations <sighs> is... <laughs> Not having expectations, it can be beneficial. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of just, like, in general. Yeah, absolutely. That's a a good, like, life A life lesson lesson. is no expectations. No expectations We're all going to die. The best expectations. (laughs) That was too sad. Oh, my God, yeah. (laughs) We're all just floating on a rock. (laughs) Honestly, reminding myself that everybody dies is, like, a little validating. Oh, my God, not for me. I hate thinking about that. Yeah, the idea of it is... Terrifying. terrifying but then also like a little relieving absolutely because you're like well this happens to everybody existence is fleeting yeah <laughs> i don't feel i don't have that experience i'm death so- is just the fifth dimension <laughs>
It's now it's now staple in all. This of our... is a fifth dimension podcast yep. exclusively. We are cha- we are rebranding. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, like we, we we could talk about this for forever. We should wrap it up. But like, we won't. This won't be the last time we talk about therapy. No, do we talk about what we're celebrating? Yeah, our celebration. Do you know what you're celebrating this week? I actually do, and Me it's too. like kind of like corny, but like. Oh. <laughs> so um, the other night, uh, like I like to make dinner for my boyfriend. Um, but also, yeah, I, like, I cook for myself so often, but it's just somehow, like, even more satisfying, like, cooking for another person. Mm -hmm. So, like, um, I would say probably every week I've, like, made something for us. Yeah, I don't know. It's just fun. I like making him something. Yeah. It really is. Um, so I made, this is so, like, ironic. (laughs) Uh, I made us Crunchwrap Supremes. And they're really fucking, they're easy to make oh. and they're delicious. It sounds so fun. Um, but like good. also like, so right before he started heading over, he was like, we should go get Taco Bell this weekend. Because, so anyone who knows me knows like, I I love Taco Bell. <laughs> I love it so much. We went there for my birthday party last year. <laughs> I We took a party bus to Taco Bell. <laughs> It was the best. I'm not even joking. And everybody was so drunk by the time the, we got Yeah, by the too. time we got to Taco Bell, we're all hammered. And like we're like, yes, Taco <laughs> That was my first time eating Taco Bell. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I feel so blessed. Yeah, you took my Taco Bell virginity. Oh, yeah. That's the best news I've ever read. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so anyways, like, he, he knew I loved I love Taco Bell, so he was like, we should get Taco Bell this weekend. Also, Taco Bell's removing, like, a ton of my favorite shit from their menu. Anyways, so, like, he texted that, and I was like, hey, hey, he has no idea I'm making us Crunchwrap Supremes, <laughs> and I was like, don't look at my kitchen. Like, it has to be a surprise, and then I, like, f- finished, like, making his Crunchwrap, and I brought it out on a plate, and he was like, oh, is that a Crunchwrap? That's so sweet. <laughs> he was fucking stoked, and I was like... You didn't even know, like, when you texted me that I was making us crunch wraps. That's so cute. I it love was, that. It was really awesome. So you're but celebrating I mean, cooking for your boyfriend. Yeah, but that, also like in great. general, like, making a crunch wrap at home, guys, they're so easy can to make the and they're so good. You can kind of put whatever you want in them. Oh. Like, I can tr- I can tell you, like, how I layered things, yeah. but you can kind of, like, just put whatever in them. And all I think the key ingredient is queso mm. and uh, taco sauce. <laughs> oh, so, oh, I'm so hungry. Yeah, I'm so I'm, fucking I'll probably hungry. make one when you leave because I still have a bunch of the Hell ingredients. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I love that. So that's that's gonna be my celebration for the week is like making Crunchwrap Supremes and also like how stoked my boyfriend. Was. Yes, I love that. <laughs> great, it's a great thing to celebrate. Um, this week I am celebrating being super close to an election. <laughs> I've been thinking so much about it. <laughs> Did you hear that the guy who's like predicted every election? He said pre- Biden's gonna win. Yeah, I know. Didn't he? Didn't he predict Trump was gonna win mm-hmm. in 2016? Wild. Nobody thought except for that man. I honestly, I wasn't surprised when Trump won. Oh God, I was. I, I was. So... I like was and I wasn't. I was like, hmm. I just like I don't want to get too political on this podcast, but like I, the state of the world right now, the state of America right now is. You can't look at what's going on and be like, this, I, I would be good for another four years ago. Like, you can't. It's insane. It's so bad. And, like, I understand a lot of liberals are having a hard time with Joe Biden and Kamala, Kamala Harris. Like, I get it. Oh. I, I get it. We're, Absolutely. I feel like we're just, like, trapped with, like, <laughs> these fucking old people who are so wildly out of, out touch. of touch with, like, what the world needs. Yeah. They're just, like, on these platforms, like... This is what we stand for. And I, then... Yeah. Fucking Donald Trump. I don't... Okay. I don't want to get too political. But anyway, what I'm celebrating <laughs> is there potentially being a light at the end of this awful, awful tunnel that we're in, especially with coronavirus. And... I... Part of me is just terrified that if Trump is in office for another four years, we're just going to have to deal with coronavirus for another four we're gonna years. We're going to have to deal with... so It's going to get worse. If we... If there... <laughs> have you seen the picture of, like, a skeleton looking out a window? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that is America looking at the rest of the world, yes. like, out and about. Yeah. Like, one of our friends lives abroad right now, and she's, like, out doing shit, and no one's wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like... My instinct is just, like... How come no one's wearing a mask? And then I'm like, oh, because they don't fucking have to. Yes. And that is... It's painful. 
It's so painful. I'm just like, I, so I don't understand. But anyway, I said I didn't want to get too political and I'm getting heated now. But <laughs> it's okay. I have the power of so editing. Cl- yes, you do. That's true. Yeah, we're approaching an election. I'm And I'm so excited about it. Like, if for anything, like. I like that you're excited about it. Um, are you nervous about it? Yeah. I'm nervous about it, too. Are you, oh, my God, are you kidding? I'm like, if we get four more years of this man, the world is going to burn. But, like, I, th- there being a potential end in sight to this madness is what I'm celebrating this week. Mm-hmm. Whenever I get incredibly overwhelmed about, like, um, just the state of America and our government, um, I do think of the positives that have come out of, of everything, of just, like, becoming more aware um, I think everybody becoming more aware and like more involved. Yes, yes. more involved, and then um, just people coming together for That's all of right. these necessary changes that That's have needed to happen. So true. The and the union, the unity that's happened from this mm-hmm. awful administration has been pretty amazing. Yeah. Well. Um, um, thanks for listening. As always, mm-hmm. please tweet us and message us on Instagram at the we Holy always, Hour. We love hearing from you guys. It's the best thing. We always send screenshots to each other. We really and do. we're always like, oh my god! Like it's just the best thing in the world. So please keep messaging us and then email yeah, us if at. The, also, if there's something that you want us to discuss, yeah, like I my mean, friend just DMing us literally like 15 minutes before the we were recording. Whole discussion today was because of this message Liz got as I was on the way here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. please, like, we love talking about what you want to hear about. Also, so email us at holyhourpodcast at gmail.com. And, um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks Again. for listening. Love, Love you. Our children. <laughs> we need someone to come up with a tune for us. We love you, our children. It's a beautiful song, honestly. It inspires me. <laughs> it co- it co- it's a, a different, uh, like, it's a different tune every time it is it morphs you get a -a one-of-a-kind experience every time you listen to this podcast it's a mood closing (laughs) so it depends on the mood that we're in it changes colors Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.